We talking about sports. Get ball. What it do, baby? Yeah. What up, you number one podcast listeners? We are back. You've tuned in to the number one podcast in your headphones, Prem Brulee. I am your host, Premobot. I am joined by my big brother, Vish, on today's episode. What up, Vish? Yo, what up, what up? Glad to be back for another episode, number one podcast in your headphones. What up? Amen. All right, we have a lot to cover, you number one podcast listeners. So um, without further ado, let's get started on our sponsor for this episode. This episode of the Prem Brulee podcast is sponsored by Sleep Battle, a content creator, photographer, and artist based in Asbury Park, New Jersey. From cinematic stills, unique and classic wedding and elopement photos, even product or commercial photography like you see for the Prem Brulee brand. Sleep Battle is a full-service studio, and stay tuned for their film, Please Laugh, coming soon. Visit their Instagram, at Sleep Battle, that's S-L-E-E-P-A-T-T-L-E, and give Please Laugh Film a follow while you're at it, too. The number one artist in the game for the number one podcast in your headphones. Don't ever get it twisted. You already know what's up. All right, Vish, you ready for this? It's been a minute. It has, it has. All right, you number one podcast listeners, you know how we like to get started. Yeah, fam or nah. And Vish, you remember we're going to do uh, yeah, fam or nah in a quick like word association or phrase association with uh, what I hit you with. First up, this came, uh, this kind of hit social media and took off a little. Yeah, fam or nah, NBA and NFL champions can call themselves world champs. So... Uh, most of you number one podcast listeners know by now, uh, American sprinter Noah Lyles won both the 100-meter and 200-meter event at the World Athletics Championships in Hungary. Uh, he's the first to do that since Usain Bolt did it, uh, winning both, that is. He used his like post-event press conference uh, to, I don't know, go on a little mini rant, which we can respect a rant here. You already know, you number one podcast listeners, this is a safe space for Look, that. I stay petty so I don't have to get petty. Um, but he said the following. You know, the thing that hurts me the most is that I have to watch the NBA finals and they have world champion on their head. World champion of what? <laughs> the United States? <laughs> don't get me wrong. I, I love the U.S. at times. <laughs> but that ain't the world. What preceded was uh, an onslaught of NBA stars and some celebrities uh, kind of cooking Lyles. Popular topic of this show, King Snake, uh, nicknamed to be determined, Kevin Durant wrote, somebody help this brother. Uh, his teammate, Devin Booker, just added a facepalm emoji in um, the comments. This is all in the comments and social media. Uh, Nuggets forward Aaron Gordon also stated that he wanted to challenge Lyles to 200 meter race. He said, whatever, I'm smoking buddy in the 200 meter. So congratulations. Which is just wild. Um, Miami Heat Center Bam Adebayo also added, quote, LOL, is somebody going to tell him? And Damian Lillard just added a strict quote tf the fuck um De'Aaron fox from the sacramento king said why bro care so much and golden state warriors forward uh the vote draymond green also weighed in by writing quote when being smart goes wrong end quote and here's um what rapper superstar drake said he wrote, he thought the speech was going to be so hard in the mirror the night before. Now the whole league doesn't rate you. Petty is real. 
Uh, worth noting, just to get the full scope of this on the other side, because obviously we're pouring on to Lyles here. Um, back in 2010, now Hall of Famer Greg Popovich said the following. Quote, it doesn't make sense for an NBA team to call themselves world champions. I don't remember anybody playing anybody outside our borders to get that tag. End quote. My question posed to you, Vish, big bro. Yeah, fam or nah, NBA finals champs and Super Bowl champs can call themselves world champs when they win it all. I'm going to say nah, fam. And for the sake, for the reason of some of the players that are actually commenting on Noah Lyles, it's not for the reason that you think it is. Yeah. People can call themselves whatever they want, but Amen. we already know Kevin Durant has zero rings. Sure. His teammate, Devin Booker, has zero rings. Aaron Gordon just got his ring yeah. on the coattails of the Nuggets team. He did He did a good job. I don't even know if Adebayo has a ring. Nope. He's I don't think he finals, does. No nope. And... Yeah. Fox definitely doesn't, and Green does. So of all those players, there's not too many that can actually really call themselves even NBA champs, right? So I think it's a win for Noah Lyles in this case. Uh, overall, though, let's say NAFAM. I mean, he just needs to shut his mouth. Yes, he's a great sprinter, but at the end of the day, you need to respect that. I, why are you even commenting on this in the first place uh, is beyond me, especially after you were the first to do anything since Usain Bolt. So I'm surprisingly, this is right on cue for you being on this. I'm going to zag a little from your answer. Uh, I took the thunder from you. Let's go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to say, yeah, fam, you can. And the reason is that these two leagues in particular well let's start with the nba the nba is a collection of the best players in the world no doubt about it a good amount of superstars now uh, represent the world you have some of the biggest names like uh, Giannis antenacumpo luka Doncic, uh, nikola Jokic, none of which are united states born so those guys came to the united states to play in the pre premier basketball league in the world so it is a collection of the world's best nobody's questioning whether the nba is the best basketball league in the world it's just uh well documented that's why i think you can call yourself world champs because when in doubt like yeah go play the best team from any other league I know we can't officially crown them uh, until that were to happen, but I would love to see that officially be put to bed. Like if you really want to and take an end to this, like let the nuggets from last year play whatever other great team you have from premier leagues across the world. I'm fairly certain Jokic would Jokic and the nuggets would shit on whatever team that they played. Um, and same goes for football even more. Uh, football is pretty, I mean, across the world they call it american football so there isn't going to be a country that's better yeah i was just gonna say, yeah, yeah that's a good point be a country that's better at football than the product that comes out of the nfl so um that's why i think you can have that title because it's kind of default in that sure i get the point it's like an arrogance to it but some of those like quote-unquote olympic sports i get why you can't call yourself olymp uh you know, world champ. Uh, it's more of an individual sport, so it's not apples to apples here. So I think that's my issue with this. I'm a, uh, I'm a yeah fam. NBA and NFL can call themselves world world champs um, because let's see other teams try to challenge the Chiefs and the Nuggets. Uh, it's not going to end well. It definitely wouldn't. Uh, next up, let's move over to the NFL. This is going to be a football heavy uh, because, as you number one podcast listeners know, football season is upon us. You can feel it in the air. Wherever you live, 
just that little little bit of crispness some places are still hot but it's coming mm-hmm. don't you worry um so uh the big news right now after roster cuts and all that is the jonathan taylor saga in indianapolis so yeah fam or not nah, jonathan taylor will play for the colts this season um quick background jonathan taylor requested a trade from the colts the deal was not worked out by their uh, deadline of Wednesday, August 30th. Uh, the reason that was the deadline is currently Jonathan Taylor is on the PUP list, uh, physically unable to perform, I believe is what it stands for. Um, but what that means is mm-hmm. since he's still on that list, he is ineligible to play in the first four games. So he can still get traded, but any team that picks him up, would st- he would still have to set out the first four games. Um, So the reason they were doing that is basically that designation, they either had to put him on the list or not to start the season. And that deadline was Wednesday, August 30th, and they didn't get a deal done. Um, This all stemmed from Taylor wanting a new contract. The Colts owner, Jim Ursay, had now an infamous quote uh, upon that initial request saying, Quote, if I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor's out of the league, no one's going to miss us. The league goes on. We know that. The National Football League rolls on. It doesn't matter who comes and who goes, and it's a privilege to be a part of it. End quote. <laughs> I have no fucking Great. clue what he's getting at. Um, you tell me. I, <laughs> that was an odd one for sure. It's odd. Yeah. Uh, and totally demeaning, obviously, at the very least. Uh, anyway, back to the question. Yeah, fam or not, Jonathan Taylor... <laughs> Suits up for the Colts this season. I'm going to say Nafam. Uh, I think him starting off on the pup list, and he had an ankle injury, I yeah. think. Ankle, knee, something yeah. to end the season last year. So, uh, you know, he can he can take his time to rehab and get, get together. I'm sure if he got a deal, he'd be able to play right now. But um, I'm pretty sure that was reported for what it's worth. If a trade was worked out, he was going to come off the pup list for his new team. So this is part injury, part like, I don't want to play for you right right away it's almost like gamesmanship i think in in that in that case so essentially he's like suspending yourself without getting the pay cut yeah i think that's a good way to put it so i i think he's done with the colts not just yeah. this season but i think forever uh i think i just i it feels like the relationship between him and ursay in particular is pretty uh broken um uh, and also being a texans fan I've seen that happen right so there's been a lot of individuals whether it's hopkins or even watson and you can speak about what you want for Watson, but you know, at the time he had a relationship with the owner that was fractured before all that shit happened with him. But at the end of the day, a lot of players, once they kind of make up their mind or, um, Ursay, Ursay must've promised something and went back on it. And I think to that players are just going to say, I'm done with this. I'm not going to go around it. And I think even whether it's today or, uh, late yesterday, the Colts GM even was like, we're going to try to repair this and almost hinted that Ursa is the issue here, nothing else. So I think Taylor's done, unfortunately, unless Ursa is gone, but I don't see that happening at all. What do you think? I'm going to say, yeah, fam, he does play after he sits out the first four games. I think maybe he does like a little audition to try to get a deal done before the trade deadline. So I'm going to say, yeah, fam, that he does play for the Colts this season. Uh, not that he needs to prove anything, but um, he is trying to get a new contract. So uh, maybe the angle is like, hey, I want to prove I can play nice and be a professional so that it makes me more enticing for a trade partner. Um, worth noting, just for your number one podcast listeners reference, the NFL trade deadline is October 31st. 
uh, Halloween. So I believe that's following the conclusion of week eight of um, the NFL schedule. Ursay has previously said they weren't going to trade, but then they gave him permission to try to work out a deal. And it was reported that the Colts asking price was really high. So um, we'll see where it goes, but uh, maybe they do work out something. I don't know if, if they work out a contract, maybe that men's offense, you know, <laughs> who yeah, knows? That's um, true. All right. Last yeah, fam or not, I have for you the other big NFL news story. Obviously, more on this later. I'm sure you'll guess once I say it. But uh, yeah, fam or not, the Cowboys trade a fourth round pick to the San Francisco 49ers for Trey Lance, oh! a former third overall pick. Famously, uh, the Niners traded up for him. Obviously, more on that later. But it clearly didn't work out. Uh, he was he lost the job for backup quarterback to Sam Darnold. Uh, so a lot of people thought that the writing was on the wall that they were going to have to move him because it hasn't worked out in his few years. Yeah, fam or nah? Let me just set this up. Yeah, fam, you like the move. Why not get talent for cheap? Nah, what's the point if you already have Dak and Coop? So uh, this is a yeah, fam or nah from the Cowboys' point of view. Yeah, fam or nah, what do you think? I think as the statement reads and what you kind of laid out, for the move and why not get quote-unquote talent and we can debate talent in this case but it is a third overall pick for a reason he would have been a first rounder i think regardless so um trading a mid-round pick for someone that went top five a couple years ago uh it's it's worth the worth the roll of the dice uh yeah you have dak but you know i i get that you have other things that might creep up instead of just having a pretty high uh, costing backup quarterback, but at the end of the day, it's not that much for a day three pick to give up for a quarterback. So I'm sure you number one podcast listeners can guess. Uh, I'm a nod of this. Um, I can't stress enough how much of an eye I am to this. And um, not to tip my hand too much, but more on this later. I want to save it for the section that you guys all want me to talk about this in. So. I did want to set this up uh, from like a logical standpoint and cover the news because that's what yeah, Famer sure. for. But I'm a nod of this, um, and a lot of it has to do with my statement. Uh, you have Dak Prescott, who's your $40 million a year quarterback, um, and Cooper Rush, who you paid to be your backup and has proven to be a pretty pretty damn good backup evidence of last year. Um, so I'll leave it at that for yeah. now. But um, that wraps up. Yeah, fair or not. We will move on to the main event, what you've all been waiting for. Let's hit that you played yourself intro. I'm petty as hell. And I'm super petty. Here we petty. Petty Le Pew. Go. All right, you number one podcast listeners. It is time for You Played Yourself. First up on You Played Yourself, had to do this one. Aaron Judge uh, just signed with All Rise. All Rise. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm... He's uh, proven to be very effective this year. I know the Yankees are having just a fantastic, fantastic. Look, I season. stay petty, so I don't have to get pissed. Just hate, <laughs> hate to hear it. Um, so Aaron Judge recreated the Michael Jordan famous Six Rings ad to announce his signing with Jordan Brand. Fam, of all ads, the guy without rings choosing that one of MJ's ads. It's literally. If you number one podcast listeners haven't seen it, you know, check social media, but it's the one I'm sure you can picture MJ's sitting. It's a black and white photo and his hand is full of his six rings uh, where he's almost holding his uh, head in his hand in one hand with all of his rings showing. Aaron Judge 
chose that one to recreate as a way to sign for Jordan Brand. So congratulations, you played okay, yourself. So even if someone else was responsible for the creativity of that, how on earth as Aaron Judge would you say yes to that, knowing how bad you're going to get roasted? Like truly, maybe you don't give a shit, and clearly he doesn't for still posing for that stupid ass ad. But of all ads that Michael Jordan, you could have done the one where, you know, the one, that six foot poster where MJ's like got both hands yeah. out. Like you could have done That's a good so one. Yeah, for sure. Of them. You could have recreated the jump man, you know, like gotten out a trampoline or something. Uh, you could have brought in Spike Lee. Like there are so many options that don't showcase the rings that the New York Yankees don't have. And by the way, they don't have any since 2009. And to put that in perspective, I was graduating high school. And just starting college, undergrad. Holy shit. And I'm old and I got back problems now. So uh, just to put that in perspective, and that's a nice tease for later for my You Played Yourself because uh, Hose Mad, Hose fuck off Hose New York. Mad. So there we are. You got anything to add to this one? Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, this is just so silly. I would even say if you wanted to do something with MJ, fine. Yeah. But for the Jordan brand team to be like, hey, this is it. And then Aaron Judge probably has a PR team himself. Yeah. Be like, yeah, yeah, this is it for yeah, sure. At least has an like, agent. Oh, yeah, for sure. If you put this in perspective, the Yankees haven't had a captain since Derek Jeter, who was also a Jordan brand yeah. athlete. Like, that is... I feel like that's just way too obvious. Like, yeah. do something with Derek Jeter, sure. passing the torch or some shit of whatever it is to the next. Oh, yeah, it's right there. That's a great point. The next Yankee captain, which is Aaron Judge. And say what you will about him. It's a big honor to put that, have a captain and be a captain of the New York Yankees. It's not something that's just like, yeah. hey, they're going to have one year by year. It's almost like an, the NHL version of getting that C on your chest. So they completely missed the chance. And now it almost looks like it was his, like speaking of high school, his like senior year photo and someone just like (laughs) put the Jordan ring on it. You're like, okay, well I guess this is it. I I love on social media. I I saw someone Photoshop, like a ring pop on there and just like some, some vending. machine. (laughs) Very, very appropriate. Um, all right. Uh, this is a nice segue from our last topic, a FM or not. Um, we got to do a You Played Yourself to the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners drafted Trey Lance third overall in just 2021, and two years later, they're cutting ties with him. Just to recap that trade um, where they traded up to get Lance, the 49ers trade away first-round picks in 2021, 2022, and 2023, and a third-round pick in 2022. So four picks total. Gosh. Three ones and a three to get Trey Lance, who they just traded away for a fourth round pick. And worth noting, the main name that they passed on in that third overall pick was Justin Fields. The Niners have gotten bailed out by Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy, who's their starter now. A truly, truly lucky pick. I mean, it's in the title. Last pick of the draft of, of that year, they got Brock Purdy and it's worked out for them. So they passed on Justin Fields. Someone widely thought of as, I maintain, the second best quarterback in that draft. Um, As you recall, number one podcast listeners, that was the year that um, Trevor Lawrence went one, Zach Wilson went two, which, by the way, you played yourself to the New York Jets on that one. (laughs) Speaking of bailouts, getting Aaron Rodgers. I was just about to say. um, Zach Wilson, two. 
Trey Lance number three, and then um, what was it? Eleven or tw- eleven? I think Justin Fields, the Bears trade yep. up for him, and fifteen was Mac Jones to the New England Patriots. So five quarterbacks, and those guys were linked um, at the time when the Niners traded up. People didn't really know who they were trading up for, um, but I would say a lot of there were a fair amount of people that thought Justin Fields should have gone three. Um, I will give credit where credits due. A lot of people thought he was the second best quarterback, and rightfully so. As you recall on <clears throat> Prem Brulee, we talked about like people just think they're so damn smart and they overthink this. And what have you wound up with? Trey Lance, who's currently a third string quarterback and got traded for a fourth round pick. Zach Wilson, who's a backup quarterback, and the Jets paid an exorbitant amount to get Aaron Rodgers on their team. And Mac Jones, who's had a decent year his first year, and he had a down year last year. So it's almost like it's fucking obvious when you see someone jump off the page in the film that you should take Justin Fields, but neither here nor there. You played yourself goes to the Niners because they are just skating by from criticism because of Brock Purdy. And while we're at it, the Jets are skating by they took Zach Wilson. It was right there in front of you. Justin Fields, despite getting drafted to the worst possible team he could get drafted for out of the 32 teams probably, has balled out despite everything. And you almost mess with this man's career by drafting a guy in Trey Lance who barely played in college and has barely played since. So you played yourself to the Niners that is a huge amount of capital that they're just skating by because they do have a good roster outside of that. Um, ordinarily, we'd be roasting a team relentlessly for this. So you played yourself. Yeah, I mean, you you said it perfectly. I, I just don't understand how the 49ers are skating by. I think there was a clip with John Lynch, their GM, even being like, hey, we missed one. You're like, how do you miss this badly? You just rattled off how many first round picks they went up for it. So even though we are extremely biased with Justin Fields, the tape was he can ball. He is an athlete. He is also could have been considered a work in progress, not as much as Trey Lance was. There were so many red flags that kind of came out. You said it like he barely played like it was a pandemic year and he didn't play his rookie year north dakota state played like one game and part of it was a showcase oh yeah and i and i mean it's it's weird i think the other weird part about this was everything that's coming out now it seems like the 49ers were not sure who they they were going to even pick at number three, which is even crazier. And again, you played yourself again. I mean, it just keeps repeating itself. Then you start to add in what they just gave up for Christian McCaffrey. You just said they're a talented team. They're a win now ready team. I think the 49ers are going to miss the playoffs and they have a chance to finish third in the NFC West. I can't, have them finishing fourth against the Cardinals. It's just, I mean, Bosa is in this contract dispute right now on their defense. They lost to Miko Ryans, who was their defensive guru on that side. And now you're relying and putting all your eggs in Brock Purdy, who, by the way, got hurt in the playoff games. So he should be ready, but Brock Purdy? And if Brock Purdy doesn't pan out, you got Sam Darnold, another quote-unquote you played yourself to the Jets yep. again for missing that pick. So I don't know. It just is, it's a, it's a weird thing. So that's where it's, we're not going to ever really talk that much about the 49ers, but yeah, I think 
they're not going to be that good this year. Wow. Uh, I might be. I might be eating my words or whatever, but I think it's just the writings on the wall that it's just it's just silly of what they did. And hey, if they if they perform, good for them. But yeah. man, it, you just can't you can't miss this badly that often too. So uh, next up on you played yourself, I got to do a you played yourself to Netflix's Untold. Um, so a lot of you probably know this series um recently for the doc on johnny football and the swamp kings documentary so previously they're known for their uh, malice at the palace doc that was season one of their um documentary however this season in particular had a lot of hype um with the two pieces uh the aforementioned pieces johnny football and swamp kings um their other two were uh a documentary on jake paul and one on Balco and like the steroid era of baseball. So a lot of hype in this series, this season of this untold documentary series that Netflix puts out. However, these um, two specifically, Johnny Football and Swamp Kings, turned into fluff PR pieces. Um, they masked going deeper into these stories by a wide margin. Uh, so a lot of people watch the Manziel one. Manziel had some serious moments and concerns related to his mental health and substance abuse. It just wasn't delved into further. And then the documentary just ends with him just like drinking and like partying at his house with his buddies in Scottsdale. Like he doesn't really do anything for work. He just like golfs and drinks with his friends, like kind of living like college student with some money because that's kind of what he is. Um, Now, Swamp Kings, it's been widely publicized of the critiques of this documentary. It's like a four part documentary about the Florida Gators teams um, coached by Urban Meyer and their rise and subsequent fall. Uh, Definitely an infamous team, very talented team. Uh, So it covers a wide range of topics. The Gators team that featured Tim Tebow, Aaron Hernandez, uh, a really good defense, Percy Harvin, all this talent in their heyday uh, in the late 2000s. However, the Swamp Kings documentary left out major storylines, uh, namely like Cam Newton and his stealing of laptops and then subsequent transfer, mm. uh, Carlos Dunlap's DUI before the 2009 SEC Championship, no mention of Aaron Hernandez, we all know that story, uh, the Pouncey Twins, mm. Urban's initial heart problems that led to him retiring retiring from Florida. Uh, The 2009 Sugar Bowl week, there's no mention of Zach Smith, uh, obviously the famous wide receiver coach who ended up at Ohio State with him. Uh, Nothing about Riley Cooper, uh, nothing about Urban's family, no life after Tebow stuff, none of it. So You Played Yourself goes to this documentary series. It started off like very promising, but you can tell uh, in these particular two examples that the Florida folks probably had final say in leaving out the serious topics and Johnny football probably had final say in not going deeper into some of these very worthy topics. Um, namely, uh, there's a famous quarterback, Ryan leaf, um, who has a history of substance abuse and arrests. Uh, he's sober now. Um, but he was very critical of the Johnny Manziel doc. Um, and essentially like kind of, <laughs> glorifying mental health and like substance use it it kind of did um magnified in the wrong way it didn't really 
come to any sort of resolution or um, stay on any serious matter. Uh, so while I can't personally speak to that, um, Ryan Leaf is someone who's really reformed his life, so he probably can speak to that. Uh, namely, he's been in prison before, uh, been arrested, yeah. had real issues, flamed out of the NFL. That was the least of his problems in his life, but he's turned things around. So if he's saying I tend to believe like, hey, that's uh, not something to mess with. So uh, clearly these fluff pieces, they had a lot of hype, but um, we're missing a lot. So you played yourself to Untold for specifically the Johnny Menzel and Swamp Kings doc. Yeah, I think they really missed the mark. And, you know, some of the things that I didn't even watch Swamp Kings based on the reviews. I think you even said, like, it's not worth it. You know, just this, I I think it, the title itself, Swamp Kings, almost suggests that it's something else, that this was bigger than football, which certainly it was. And when Urban came in after the Spurrier kind of tenure, it was there and they were really good really quickly i mean the other thing that i i think you had left off was percy harvin was not even mentioned at all uh and he was like that primary gadget player he actually made urban uh very successful as a head coach to build around that player and yes you have tebow in there and i think even some of the pictures that i've seen is like tebow's just you know sitting there and has a hand on his bible and stuff and it's a pan out shot and you're like why what is this right you might as well just have tim tebow trying to do the michael jordan picture again and with his with his rings so yeah yeah i think they missed the mark and i actually like the johnny manzo one i mean it just was but i didn't really put it in perspective of how it ended because it it almost like really faded to black right so it just was like oh what the yeah, it's like, oh, let's and, talk about these very serious topics and like, oh, by the way, it's all good. I'm just chilling in Scottsdale drinking with my buddies. Um, yeah. I mean, the background of his story is crazy. He had a friend that kind of, namely, spoiler alert, um, it's still worth the watch, but they mm-hmm. made up the whole thing about his family being rich as a cover for him getting money for autographs. And I just, I remember that era and thinking, how fast that rumor spread like oh he comes from oil money that's why he's so rich and that was all orchestrated by his friend that was kind of like his business manager which is crazy um anyway before i get to the main event that i teased earlier do you have a you played yourself for me houston stuff all right yeah so recently the nfl finally lifted that alternate helmet rule that they've had forever right i think you're the one that kind of yeah reminded us about it like you can't really change your helmet color yeah because you can change the decals but the color itself yeah the old rule used to be you got one approved helmet so anything the equipment people had to do had to be that game helmet um they've loosened that now so it opens up all the jersey yep you start to see all these like retro jerseys come back the buccaneers are bringing back the cream skulls and all of a sudden The Tennessee Titans, who were a team for those that are non-sports listeners for this podcast, they moved from Houston to Tennessee. One year they were called the Oilers, and then they moved to be called the Titans. But they retained all the colorways and everything that was the Houston Oilers. So when the retro comes out, they unveil this quote-unquote throwback to the Houston Oilers 
And I will preface it by saying the Houston Oilers. The Tennessee Titans have, they changed their franchise name. I think it's different if you keep Tennessee Oilers. It might not make sense, like Mm -hmm. the LA Lakers, but at least you can preserve that history. Uh, You can say what you will about it. Everyone, and the jerseys look amazing, but the premise behind it is why the Tennessee Titans are on You Played Yourself. It is certainly a now... Tennessee versus Houston type of thing. Really, the Titans versus Houston have nothing against Tennessee. So we'll say the Titans versus Houston and the entire almost state of Texas as well. Uh, The Oilers were a phenomenal team, rich with history. From that light blue, red, and white, they're an amazing colorway. The other part of this that actually sucks is the Titans are going to be wearing these uniforms against the Houston Texans. Wow. So it's just adding fuel to the fire. The one thing that I can think about of what encapsulates all of this is when uh, Andre Johnson beat the living shit out of Cortland Finnegan uh, in, a, in a game probably 10 plus years ago where Andre Johnson, this cool-headed individual, lost his shit and just beat the shit out of this cornerback. So yeah. that is really how I feel about this topic. Uh, I can go on and on, and I'm sure our cousins can go on yeah. and on. Today, actually, we saw the Houston Cougars unveil the colorway, and what a great fuck you to yeah. the Tennessee Titans. Petty alert. Approved, baby. Sound alert. Uh, yep. The Cougs unveiled a in the Oilers colors uh, alternate uniform. So love that they did that uh, because it's Houston's. Yeah, totally agree with you. Those Oilers throwbacks are not the Titans to wear. I don't care if that franchise moved. Those records should stay in Houston. The minute Houston got another franchise, they should get all those Houston years back. Tennessee can keep the yeah. one year they're the Tennessee Oilers is part of their record books, but in no way, shape, or form should the Titans be wearing Oilers throwbacks. It's not theirs to wear. I don't care what you have to say about, oh, it's technically the same franchise. No, the history should stay there. Uh, use the example of the Lakers. When they're in Minneapolis, those records should stay in Mi- Minneapolis. The Lakers have plenty of rich history when they move to L.A. They can just keep those record books. So, um I'm adamant about that. I don't think these are the Titans jerseys to wear. And it seems like a lot of people agree with that sentiment. So love the move by the Kooks. Absolute petty alert approved. 100%. Yeah. It's the pretty boys and the, the, petty boys. the jerseys are sweet. They should consider using them full time. I was going to say, hopefully they have some nice polos or pullovers that come out in that colorway. And yeah. That's going to be a definite cop for me. For sure. I think my jersey wearing days are over for sure, though. Yeah, I agree with you there. It's a sign of being <laughs> You number one podcast listeners, I teased this earlier. Um, I think you knew it was coming as soon as that move happened. Uh, and I believe <laughs> I tweeted these exact words. Jerry just can't help himself. Um, so you played yourself goes to Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, obviously, this is regarding the Trey Lance trade. Uh, but specifically, Jerry just had to talk about how he um, did not let his head coach Mike McCarthy know, nor did he let his franchise quarterback Dak Prescott know he was making this deal. Um, He then proceeded to talk about uh, the Cowboys having interest in Jalen Hurts the year he was drafted and that if he stuck around the draft, they would have taken him. This man truly, just truly cannot fucking help himself. He loves 
his name in the news so bad that he is willing to risk time and time again imploding his team. Now, he is lucky he has mentally tough people and they know what they're getting themselves into. But this man sure as hell does test it damn near every other week of the season. He cannot fucking help himself by opening his mouth. It couldn't just be that they traded for Trey Lance. No, he's got to open his stupid ass mouth about everything else and send these messages. And we got to try to decipher, is he trying to send a message to Mike McCarthy? Is he trying to send a message to Dak Prescott? No, in reality, he's sending a message that, bitch, you thought I'd be out of the news. I'm going to find a way back in. Truly, his ego does not rest that he he just can't stand the fact that they not talk about his team 24 fucking 7, even if it makes no goddamn sense. Think about this. What possible explanation is there for this move and making it without notifying your coach and franchise $40 million a year quarterback other than liking to be the center of attention? Jerry Jones is TNT because all he knows is drama. <laughs> that is all this fucking guy knows. He might as well, his last name might as well be Turner because that's all the fuck he cares about. You want to tell me it's good to accumulate talent no matter what. Sure, because, um, yeah, you definitely saw the Kansas City Chiefs have interest in Trey Lance, right? Like they tried to trade for Trey Lance because who couldn't use a great backup? They have Mahomes, but you never know, right? Yeah, you definitely saw them make that move. Uh, or you saw uh, the defending NFC champion, the Philadelphia Eagles, make that move, right? No, you didn't? Oh, what could possibly be the reason? Is it because you don't need to fucking make the move? How about that? How about fucking that? Let's look at the teams that succeed every year. Do you see them make this fucking move left and right? No, you fucking don't. Did you see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, even while they had old-ass Tom Brady, make any move like this? They had Kyle Trask as his fucking backup. You want to tell me he's 40-plus years old, they didn't care about a backup. And you want to you want the audacity to tell me it fucking matters to have a good, talented quarterback behind Dak Prescott. Give me a fucking break. Give me a fucking break here. It's asinine to think that's the reason why they did this. No. Jerry Jones likes the sound of his own voice. He likes people saying his name every fucking day. He likes his team being the center of attention because that's all he's going to fucking win is the airwaves. He's never going to win anything because he makes stupid ass moves like this. How many times have we looked at these really good fucking teams make moves? Oh, why didn't, why didn't, why doesn't my team make those moves? The Eagles draft, oh, duh, uh, Jordan Phillips falls to them in the draft. Why wouldn't you make that move? No, you can't make the simple move. You have to make the big splash move that makes no fucking sense. And you want to know why it makes no fucking sense for the Cowboys. You literally just had proof of it last year. Cooper Rush went, what What was it, 5-1 and one or whatever as a starter. Mm-hmm. He literally did exactly what you have a backup quarterback do. When your quarterback goes down and you need to fill in to keep things afloat, he exceeded expectations. There's... Not an ounce or anybody that can tell you he did anything but that. They signed him to a two-year deal. They have him as a backup. There's no conceivable reason. It's not as if their backup quarterback retired or anything like that. No, they literally just had recent proof that their backup quarterback is arguably the most effective in the league because he has the sample size to prove it. You don't trade for a former third overall pick for him not to play. 
that's what makes this move frustrating. You don't trade for Trey Lance if you don't think he has a chance of playing. Otherwise, what was the point of doing this move? Because Trey Lance's value is not going to go up by if he stays off the field. He's not going to be worth more than a fourth-round pick if the Cowboys just sit on him. So what does that tell you? Jerry Jones either wants him to play or he's threatening some sort that this guy's waiting. What the fuck kind of purpose is that? If you have a quarterback already, you need to do this type of move to threaten him. How about you just go call him in your office and say, you better win this year or else. How about that? Let's just act like fucking adults instead of making these dramatic moves. Dak is a professional and doesn't need motivation, but the fact that Jerry Jones even wanted to flirt with the possibility that it negatively impacts your team's chances says everything you need to know about this team. They're allergic to prosperity. They never win because they make stupid ass moves like this. We got to talk about everything about the Cowboys for someone who's currently the third round, third string quarterback. And that's what we're talking about right now. There's not a possible angle that could lead to this being a wise move because let me hit you with this. If Trey Lance does play, that that means this season is a disaster. If this guy wasn't good enough to play for San Francisco when they spent all that draft capital on him, do you think he's going to be ready on a brand new playbook? No. So all it has done is create a distraction for your franchise quarterback and risk potentially negatively impacting him. If you think best case scenario is he plays, that means the guy you spent a lot of money on ended up sucking probably and you can't conclude it wasn't because of this move you made. You probably didn't help his chances. So there's no possible angle where this is like an ideal scenario that you traded for him. That's my issue with this. You want to tell me talent is talent? That's great. But not at the expense of your starting quarterback or a team that's really fucking talented and a distraction you created. I am so tired of this. I always have to rant about this owner and I just can't figure it out. It's almost like he doesn't realize we don't talk about any other team's owner like this but him and it's not as if he's produced results in this decade or the last decade it's been fucking years since it worked and he did it off someone else's team he got to ride the coattails of already assembled team and this man does nothing but create distractions that's why i think this team is forever going to be allergic to prosperity because this guy's running the show and i've already told you i'm convinced he's immortal so he's going to be haunting me forever they're going to be making stupid moves like this for my whole life and rant you played yourself jerry jones dallas cowboys from the bottom of my heart i'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody it's pretty sad when you have an owner that and a GM and a front office this this preseason this off season of the NFL where you know you yeah. Sonny another number one podcast listener and a co-host were really happy with all the moves you guys made really happy right yep. you guys got a great cornerback a wide receiver yes you traded other draft capital but it didn't cost much and then. All of a sudden, you have Jerry Jones, who just loves to be in the headlines. And he is not an 80-year-old savvy businessman for no fucking reason. He loves that headline. He loves the oh. attention grab. He just can't help himself, like you said. It sucks, but this is the owner that you have until he dies. He might, li- he might live 
outlive us all. Well, who knows? <laughs> I mean, his sons are just going to take over and it's going to be more of the same. So, I mean, it's endless. Sorry. It's it's really shitty uh, just to like see what happens. I mean, it's it's just something where it if you gave away a six round pick, it didn't matter how you got Trey Lance. There's just no reason why you would do this. And not to mention, I guess I didn't even realize that Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott didn't even know about this. It's different if it was like, hey, we're thinking about getting Trey Lance. What are your thoughts? Okay, everyone's on board. But the fact that no one else is on board is insane of it itself. And also a red flag, if the 49ers are willing to part with this person for a fourth-round pick, stay the fuck away from them. And we just talked about the draft capital they gave up. I'm not even a Dallas Cowboys fan, and it just pains me to see (laughs) however many, like what, 25, 30 years of just shittiness. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, almost, right? When did the Cowboys last Super Bowl? 95? 95, yeah. We're coming up on it. 28 years. So, almost 30, yeah. Yeah, 28 years, almost 30 years. Jesus Christ. And Jimmy Johnson, that's the other, like, he's not even in the ring of honor for the Cowboys. I mean, just get over yourself, Jerry. It's the curse of Jimmy Johnson. Uh, Me and Sonny talked about on this podcast. uh, Until that guy gets put in the ring of honor, I will think we have zero chance. It's not going to happen. To put it in perspective, uh, Jerry Jones just announced that DeMarcus Ware is going to go in the ring of honor. Uh, DeMarcus Ware played in the last <laughs> 10 years. Jimmy Johnson won them a Super Bowl in the early 90s. So you can, like, speaking of petty, like, this guy is going to, he doesn't care because, of course, it's the most valuable franchise in the world year in, year out. That's all he cares about. You can't tell me he cares about winning if he pulls moves like this. You can't tell me it. Okay. Um, I do want to wrap up this section. I like doing these non-sports related. You played yourselves, as you know, Vish. Um, so, uh, Maya, you played yourself for this episode. My wife and I finally get to go to, uh, the movies. Nice. Uh, shout out Barrett's grandparents for watching him so that we could go on a little date night. But, um, so we had a, a gift card at AMC theaters. I got to put a, you played yourself to their popcorn. <laughs> you number one podcasters may or may not know this about me. I'm a huge movie theater popcorn guy. Um, Including sometimes I'll pull into the movie theater parking lot, get a tub of popcorn, and just walk right out. Like no yep, movie, the same way. Popcorn. <laughs> Give it to me as a snack. Yeah, it runs in the family totally. Um, AMC theaters popcorn, the pre-filled tubs under a heat lamp. Gross. Uh, trash. I'm not above it. Like I'm still going to get the popcorn, but it is like if you gave me – if there were five possible theater brands, like major brands – it's below five. Like I wouldn't even put in the five because it's disrespectful to the number five, I think, to even put it in there. You played yourself, AMC Theaters. Let's improve the popcorn. I think you guys have the staff to fill it real time. Um, I don't I don't want this stale-ass popcorn that's been sitting there for I don't know how long. It's gross. Uh, sometimes if I have the time and I'm early, I'll request that they f- fill me a new one um, and see if it works. So a little tip for you guys if you're looking for the best popcorn and by the way no free ads but if these theaters want to sponsor your boy i wouldn't be mad about it um cinemark great popcorn cinemark if you have a cinemark near you and they do the any place that does like fill the popcorn halfway toss in butter and then fill the rest and toss again 
big fan of your work. I was, you know, autograph worthy. Cinemark, top of the list. Marcus, if you have a Marcus Theaters, I think it's still kind of family owned. Marcus Theaters, we got uh, one of those, a uh, couple of those in Columbus. Marcus also does a great job with popcorn. And they have popcorn nights where you, if you're a student, you get it included. And then I think Tuesdays, you get a free popcorn for all movies. They got like $5 Tuesdays. So put you on game for that. Those are my top two two popcorn power rankings. <laughs> Uh, for what? That's why you come to Prem Brulee for a popcorn. You got for a popcorn man. power rank. It's, it, I would agree. Amen. We don't have it's a Marcus up here, but we have a lot of Cinemarks, and it does have amazing popcorn. So, uh, one for immediate retirement. I've 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 already mentioned this, but I'm gonna re-mention it just because Halloween's coming up. When you're watching shows late at night, TV maybe, or even if you're watching Hulu with ads, these fucking scary-ass movies that come on with these creepy things that are coming out of your TV, again, we got to retire. We've retired it before. Like, let's, like, retire it and bury it in the ground, please. The other thing that I want to retire and is we talked about football coming up, which means fantasy football. Please stop posting on social media about your fantasy football team and your players that you've drafted, that you have. We don't fucking care how they're doing. Keep it to yourself. Keep it in a group chat. Keep it in the league chat. Do whatever about it. But please stop posting on social media. I do not want to see it come up on my feed. Oh, I needed this many points from this player. Okay, if you need that many points for that player, you got other problems in your life. Oh, I got a speaking of fantasy football, I got one to add. Um, listen, this is a PSA. You folks that are not fantasy football commissioners or running like a, you know, a pick em pool or something, can you at least not need a reminder for basic things? Uh, most of us are grown, grown adults here. You shouldn't need text reminders for shit. Um, you have smartphones, set a reminder in your phone, set a calendar event, um, on behalf, I feel comfortable saying this. On behalf of all fantasy football commissioners everywhere, get your fucking shit together. Get your shit together. You guys are grown men and women needing reminder after reminder. Put your damn draft in your calendar. Set reminders to pay your dues on time. Don't make your friends ask you for money. It's in poor taste. And for the love of God, appreciate your commissioners and attend your drafts go hang out with people use it as your one time yeah. a year just a fucking psa it's a lot of fun and it means a lot to your commissioners it's speaking from experience like get your shit together your collective shits together get them all together okay you can spend a couple hours and oftentimes most leagues yeah you're gonna have a lot of like close friends that you're gonna hang out together but there's also those one-offs where you have people as long as they show up, it's just being and being in just the, the friendly confines of different things, right? Chatting, it can be about the draft or what the hell were you thinking? You don't have to post it on social media. Yeah. You can say it in real time. Look at that. Look how it comes full circle. So yeah. 100% stamp approval, sound that petty alert. Petty alert. Petty alert. Fantasy alert. football commissioners reminding you about stuff is a metaphor for other things as well. So if you need to be reminded yeah. to attend yeah. a fantasy football draft where you're putting in some dollars of your hard-earned money into it yeah. and you still need a reminder, I don't even want to know. Yeah. 
if you don't get paid for stuff, how you show up to yeah. shit. So right, and and if you're purposely not and like taking advantage, I mean that's kind of shitty too. Like because that means you know you can count on someone else to do that shit for you, which is also like not a cool move. So in any regard, like get your shit together and be engaged in it. And it's fucking, it's fun. As, as I get older, I have this realization, like, uh, especially with the league that, um, I'm in with you and your friends, you guys have had it for like good 15 years now going close to 20 years. It's an opportunity for you guys all to uh, get together again. Uh, and your league is involved and, uh, the draft is always a time where everybody gets to see each other. Like as life goes on, it's kind of a cool fucking thing to have like, Oh, I know this is coming up, but anyway, let's move on to our brand new section. This is your debut on this section. Um, it's gotten positive feedback from you. I asked you about it and you've dug it. So our brand new section, am I hating? We say statements that are most likely and clearly hating, but it's a safe space, so we drop them anyway. How about you go first, Vish? All right. Uh, so in our cousin group chat, we we have one, and it's pretty active. I would say one of the most active chats that I'm in, uh, other than my wife. So um, yeah. one of the things that is now becoming a pet peeve of mine, and I don't know if it's like a get off my lawn, I'm getting old, that type of mentality, but... Let's put to bed the, why the hell would player X think they're the best? They are so wrong, and here's why. I think one of the things that came out as of late and in our group chat was when Giannis's brother, Thanasis, he said, oh, I can get so many more playing, uh, so much more playing time in New York, but I wouldn't want to do that to my brother. And so you look at Thanasis's basketball reference, and he has not once averaged more than 10 minutes per game in a season. So you're saying, we just talked about how the NBA is the top of the top, right? There's 15 people on a roster, 30 teams. So 450 players. So the Nassus is one of the best 450 players in the world. And who the fuck cares if he says, yes, I can get more minutes in New York? He probably could. 100%. You know, New York has yeah. not been as high up on the Eastern Conference as the Milwaukee Bucks have been. So they don't have as nearly a, the amount of depth and all of that. So who cares? Let's put it to rest of this whole, man, this guy definitely is not the best. Yeah, no shit. And also, if you are a borderline superstar in the NBA and you don't think you're the best, you are probably not going to be in the NBA. So I think I saw Rajon Rondo's like, yeah, I was top three in my time. Good. I'm glad he thinks that way. We need NBA players to be that way. They have to be self-centered. They have to be this whole I'm better than you type of mentality. Otherwise, they're not going to make it. The whole AAU circuit that we've seen, it wasn't even as relevant when we were growing up. And it really started to come into it, right, As well, while, while we were in high school. Mm-hmm. Then you're playing high school, college. And if you're lucky, you make an NBA. So these are all these like filters that are already in. Let's just stop it. And that's where uh, I I teed it up in our group chat. And here's the debut uh, on this brand new amazing yeah. segment. So and I I yeah, might be hating, yeah. but let's let's roll with it. It's a safe place, like you said. You 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 did uh, you did tease this in the group chat. It was ultimate to be continued. You had a 
an unintentional little segue. You brought up New York, and I brought it up earlier with Aaron Judge stuff. Uh, so my am I hating for this episode? And uh, I should, I should uh, say all due respect to I have close friends that live here and some family that lives here, but uh, you know, no disrespect. But here we go. Am I hating if I don't get the desire, interest, or awe of New York at all? It is an overrated city, trash-smelling, overly crowded, <laughs> expensive. Um, I also have a theory about New York drivers. Uh, they think they're the best drivers but are really the worst, uh, which is the dangerous combo that leads to all that traffic and all that rudeness. And speaking of, what the fuck is with this pride that they take in being assholes? Oh, it's just how we are. That's like someone saying, I'm not trying to be mean, but it doesn't give you a free pass to say something mean after like, I don't, I truly, I, this is so Midwest of me, but I truly do not understand the concept of like taking pride in everybody just being rude to each other. Like, Oh, we say what we mean. Like, Oh no, you're just an asshole. That's all you are. Like if you want to put a bow around a piece of shit, it's still a piece of shit. <laughs> you just unwrapped a piece of shit right so i don't know what to tell you um am i hating probably but i don't give a shit fuck it i love it i I love the visual of the a bow on a piece of shit is still a piece of shit it i don't i don't know if that's an actual saying but i think that needs to be adopted as a saying on creme brulee right now um and you just got a fancy piece of shit. Yeah, that's all you got. Now, let's move on to who you got and what you're feeling. Um, so, obviously, my last episode uh, was my wife and I is on there, so we didn't cover sports on there. So, I did want to recap a little bit of what uh, Roche and I talked about in our last like sports-heavy one. We did a little contender, pretender game of teams that were, you know, leading their divisions but in close races uh so we covered the texas rangers the cincinnati reds the tampa bay rays um and we picked some toss-up divisions i want to save that for as we get closer to october um i just need to put everybody on notice that uh it's uh almost time to start trying now hmm. sound it baby hose mad hose mad <laughs> hose are mad hose about to get mad yeah, love it love it um okay but this week i wanted to cover some football since uh, like i said it is upon us it's coming we talked about fantasy football a lot so i wanted to get um your take on a couple sleeper fantasy football selections um we can keep it broad so that we're not tipping off we got drafts coming up but uh this will probably drop after after our draft so we're probably safe here of who we like and who we don't like so um at least we'll be good there but i want to get some maybe some deep cuts obviously the top players everybody likes or doesn't like but give me a few sleeper fancy yeah this is this is an interesting way uh so in one of my leagues i'm in two uh so i purposely have pared this down but one of them is almost like a dynasty league i would say um so it's, there's a lot of strat yeah it's, it's a super a, league but it's complicated it's a very complicated league uh but ultimately in that league a lot of it is you you try to go for these boom or bust players right so i think if you listen to fantasy football podcast or you read fantasy football articles i think they're all over the place right now um for the most part you know you're relying on players like jameer gibbs 
uh, where the Lions spent a big amount of draft capital to have this individual. Yes, it he is going to be sharing the backfield with David Montgomery, but for someone to spend a first-round pick on a player like this, they probably better use him. Yeah. So truly that boom or bust player. And they trade they trade away DeAndre Swift. Uh, yeah, because of it. Yeah, too, I mean, so. and they had other needs, yeah. the Lions did, but, you know, it, it kind of – uh, speaks to yeah they had a lot of other speaks needs. to how special of a player that is um you know we might be a homer pick uh but tank dell in houston uh he was an underrated wide receiver for sure uh again boomer bust but an individual that had been turning heads from the get-go there was a draft day story that cj stroud wanted tank dell in houston uh when a quarterback of that type of caliber knows uh who this individual is, Bill Coogs for sure. But all you heard is the only thing that works against him is his size. And he's one of the best route runners in uh, this year's class and all of that. So those are two kind of mainstream, but sleeper ones. I definitely have some more, uh, but even if this is running after that, I'm not going to tip my hand to you, little bro. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll come back and we'll kind of compare notes after that. I think that would be a, a good uh, thing. And I, I love fantasy football. I've, I've learned Microsoft Excel through fantasy football. So um, it is something that I take pride in. And we do, I do a good amount of, uh, digging and research as well so i try to yeah. listen to things and maybe yeah we'll do a, maybe we'll do a version of like uh sitting stuff oh i like that on. uh maybe field some questions too uh it's probably a good idea since you uh do keep up on that what, uh, a little what bit. about you so i'm gonna give i'm yeah i'm gonna give a couple of names here um one that i think is not being talked about a lot uh Alexander Madison mm-hmm. in Minnesota, I think, could really, really benefit from all the attention the receivers get. Um, and now that uh, Dalvin Cook is no longer in Minnesota, I think it's um, kind of a nice little sleeper pick, mid-round pick uh, for people to consider with um, this move into pass-heavy offenses and this move towards a lot of receivers um, being drafted. So. Uh, running backs are few and far between these days, so uh, that's that's one of my picks. Um, receiver is pretty wide open. I do uh, really, really like um, a fair amount of people, and anybody that tells you, like, I know what's going to happen is probably lying to you, but um, I'm going to pick a little bit of a dark horse that people are kind of forgetting about now, Mr. Quickslant himself. Uh, Michael mm-hmm. Thomas, I really like uh, Michael Thomas in New Orleans. I know it's just Derek Carr out there, but I Michael Thomas has been hurt for like two, feels like much longer, but I think it's like been two full seasons. So um, I think that receiving core is low-key pretty sweet. Uh, go Bucks, for sure. obviously they got Olave and Michael Thomas. So uh, those are probably my main picks. Okay, and then I wanted to do one NFL pick for opening week coming up. Um Obviously, the season opens on Thursday night. It is Chiefs and Lions on Thursday night football. Um, but I wanted to – I thought this was a very intriguing matchup. The Monday night football of week one is uh, the Buffalo Bills at New York Jets, an AFC East matchup, a uh, very hyped division that's going to be extremely tough. Um, a lot of people think it's 
uh, arguably the the toughest division in Mm -hmm. the NFL. Buffalo is two and a half point favorites on the road. So pretty minuscule there. Obviously the, the name of the game is quarterback matchups, Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers on Monday night football to open the season. Who you got for this one? Two and a half and the jets are at home. You said, yes, it's at MetLife. Yeah. Uh, I'll take the Jets two and a half uh, to cover. I think the Bills still might win, but for a team to, I want to take the Bills um, just because they have experience. Josh Allen already has something to prove, wants to showcase out on Aaron Rodgers, but it feels like the Jets might just have a few tricks up their sleeve just for this this game. So I think it's truly mm-hmm. a toss up. I'm going to go with the Bills in the interest of being different. I'll go with the Bills. We'll pick a dark horse like James Cook has a big game out of the backfield, maybe Pat catching mm-hmm. a few passes. I like that. So especially against a good a really good Jets defense. Yeah, there you go. Okay, um we'll move on to what you feeling. I'll go first and then I'll let you wrap it up. What I'm feeling lately uh on on max bs high it is the story of bishop sycamore um i use high school in air quotes bishop (laughs) sycamore uh it was a quote school in ohio um as you probably all recall it was not too long ago where that whole saga played out but this documentary is fascinating i couldn't like stop keep my eyes off the screen because it features the coach and organizer of this scheme and he is this con man galore like you won't believe what you see in this it's super interesting um it goes real quick but uh, it's like an hour and a half documentary but it's worth the watch highly for sure um and then the other thing i'm feeling um my dude good friend of mine, Ian, um, and his foundation, it's called the Ian Burkhart foundation. Uh, he just had an event at top golf, uh, that helps his foundation raise money. The Ian Burkhart foundation was established to help other individuals with spinal cord injuries, uh, from the initial trauma to transitioning home to continuing on with life. They provide a variety of assistance from things like lighter wheelchairs to support independence to, um, installation of ramps for homes so that people can get into their house smoothly. They help people secure very necessary accommodations that are not often covered by insurance. To find out more and support a very worthy cause started by a friend and he is a huge inspiration to me, uh, my friend Ian, visit ianburkhartfoundation.org. That's I-A-N-B-U-R-K-H-A-R-T foundation.org. Um, I'll probably link it in the description of this, but uh, please support a very worthy cause. He is a dear friend of mine, and he does a lot of good for a lot of people, helping other fellow people in wheelchairs and uh, assisting them amazingly. So uh, that event's always inspiring. It's a good time. We, we go to Top Golf and raise a lot of money for his foundation. So uh, that's what I'm feeling lately. Over to you. Nice. Yeah, definitely support Ian and that whole family. Uh, It's really just inspiring. Gives me chills when you were talking about it. I'm just glad that you have that that level of uh, friendship and and fellowship that you can have. What I'm feeling. So one of the reasons why I'm actually not going to be present for that uh, fantasy football draft is uh, my son will be turning two years old uh, on Sunday. So it is truly remarkable just to see this dude 
bro, his vocabulary. Uh, he's a funny little dude. He has some crazy curly hair as well. He always does some silly stuff and just, just getting to see life through his eyes is pretty special. And I think one of the things that is really great is he's been asking for cake all week. And so he'll get it on Sunday, which is kind of cool. So it doesn't, Sweet. you know, parenthood does not come with well, all the glitz and glamour, as you know, but um, there are some cool moments where you're like, man, that's, it's just, it's just weird and uh, yeah. special. And uh, now we also know why our father, our dad is is so loving and so caring for us. So we're just lucky to uh, being able to pay it forward. And we have, like you just mentioned, a huge shout out to your grandparents, both, you know, Seth's parents, you know, dad and Mindy. Uh, and then likewise for us, you know, Jackie's parents are just wonderful. And uh, we FaceTime dad and Mindy every week. And um, it's just cool to to have that in our lives. So truly the true what you're feeling. We got we got up on our uh, cry box. It got really dusty. But, you know, it's, sometimes you got to get get into that. So for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's cool to see people you love become parents and then it's cool to see your parents become grandparents so it's a special thing you realize the beauty in these small moments you you understand why your parents turn into sap saps as grandparents yeah i i think we're on our fifth cycle of the toy story as well so we just for the fourth time in calvin's life he's going to be watching Toy Story 2 now. So we're going through the motion. So wow. Buzz and Wee Wee is, is how he calls it. So it's just... <laughs> nice. Buzz, Buzz and Wee Wee. What is a tough one to say? <laughs> Love my dude. Can't... Yeah. Can't believe he's going to be two. That's awesome. Can't wait to celebrate him. All right. You number one podcast listeners, let's wrap up this episode with too much sense. Let's hit that intro. The too much sense for this episode is the following. It is a quote that I live by. Um, it goes like this, quote, never argue with a fool. Onlookers may not be able to tell the difference, end quote. Uh, I saw it was attributed to Mark Twain. I admittedly cannot confirm or deny that. A lot of, it's a pretty mm-hmm. popular quote, but never argue with a fool. Onlookers may not be able to tell the difference. So I've really worked on this uh, myself. It's obviously a work in progress, like anything with my journey of self-improvement. It's always ongoing. But when you spend time arguing with people that don't really have a point from the outside looking in, no one cares who's arguing what. You both look dumb. I mean, how many times sometimes you get riled up over someone arguing something dumb that you just can't help it. Um, I tend to get into this with sports a lot. Uh, That's what usually kind of pulls me in sucks me into this type of example but from the outside looking in you both look dumb nobody can really tell who's got the smart point who's got the dumb point um so i just live by this i think the quote sums up something i've really worked at hard at getting past it's my um me learning that i don't need to be right all the time um because the cost of you needing to be right might not matter because it could come at the expense of people no longer taking you seriously. Uh, if you tend to be the one that argues and can't let shit go, it's, uh, has an expiration. Sure. Date. So, um, that's my whole point for this too much sense. Um, be careful what you argue for. Obviously there are things that are worth arg- arguing for. I don't mean to suggest that, but, um, some of those silly ones were, 
sometimes it gets out of hand from the outside looking in. People are going to associate you both yeah. um, as being the fool, and that doesn't matter what kind of point you're making. So uh, I'd encourage you, number one podcast listeners, if you are one of those like I am, um, really work on whether the your importance at being right outweighs the people around you being content and uh, satisfied with your presence for that day. So that's my too much sense for this week, you number one podcast listeners. And with that, it wraps up a brand new edition of the number one podcast in your headphones, Prem Brulee. I've been your host, Prem Obot. He's been my co-host, my big brother, Bish. Thanks for joining me. Absolutely.